Three, two, one, and we're live. Welcome, everyone, to the All Things PNW Real Estate Podcast. I am your host, Jamal, my co-host. And here we have today, Mr. Omar Ramirez from Canby is a Realtor. And uh, yeah, Omar, how are you doing today? I'm doing very good. Thank you so much for uh, having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming on. So yeah. Fun fact real quick. Omar and I are actually on the same old state team. So this is going to be... For me personally, it's going to be a cool episode just to kind of hear how you're different with your, the way you handle your clients and how you deal with the marketing. So, yeah, I'm excited to share. Pretty excited about this. Yeah. Yeah. Today, we're going to dive into just kind of what's going on, talk about what you've been up to and how you're feeling about the market. And, um, you know, hopefully have some good tidbits for our listeners as well. So, yeah, let's take a peek into, uh, I guess, so. Well, I can't wait for Yeah, give us your backstory. What's your social security number? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so again, my name is Omar Ramirez. Uh, I currently live in Canby. Actually grew up in Canby. Uh, looking to move out of the area here. Hopefully this year. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like to say I'm probably one of the most boring 27-year-old that you guys will, will meet. For the reasons that, uh, I mean, gosh... On my spare time, I like to run. I think the next race I'll be doing is an 8K at the uh, Shamrock Thanks. Portland Run. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm doing an 8K there. Um, you know, I spend my Friday nights watching Shark Tank, folding laundry. Um, a woman's dream, right? Yeah, well. Folding laundry. <laughs> Boy, I think you switched those numbers around. I think you're 72, Omar. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been told that I'm an old soul, uh, to be honest with you, but... Yeah, I mean, that's essentially who I am as a person. Um, just laid back and just, just take care of business. Yeah. So speaking of business, how, how's 2023 been for you? You know, it's it, a lot of people say it's been a tough market, but for myself, I think it's an opportunity. It's a market of opportunity. Uh, you know, towards the end of this, this year, I've experienced a lot of activity mm-hmm. um, from people and folks that I spoke to probably, gosh, I'm going to say, over the past year, um, and you know, up to two years, where you know they're they're finally accepting of the where interest rates are, where the prices are, and and the housing. So it's been an interesting end of twenty twenty three, and I'm really excited for twenty twenty four. That season, yeah. So what kind of things or or what would you tell people that sort of separate you as an agent? Well, like, what do you do differently from all the other? You know, let's just say you know the Adams that on the same team. Kind of what what separates you from the other ones? Yeah, I think, you know, what separates me is, you know, my availability, right? I, you know, I'm constantly working, constantly in meetings, learning about the market, and I'm a big communicator. I always tell um, new clients up front is that I over-communicate. I'd rather, you know, have them be annoyed by my over-communication. Stop Rather (laughs) rather than, uh, you know, being annoyed of me under-communicating. So, in this business... You need to constantly, constantly be communicating, whether if it's with the lender, if you're under contract with the other uh, agents, even with the title company. So there's multiple uh, people that you need to be in communication with, and even contractors too. Um, so I think communication, you know, is what separates me from you know the next agent that's um, looking to get the next deal. Yeah, and so I actually I'm not going to interrupt you, but yeah, go for I it. I think one of the coolest things about you is that you're bilingual. Uh, there's not there's nobody on our team that speaks another language, which I think is huge. Like, hey, yeah, does that a lot? Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty fluent in uh, Spanish. Uh, I am on Duolingo, so my, my next 
language is going to be German. Uh, some product placement. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> you told me to go get stuff for a little advertisement money. Sponsor. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, I'm, I'm, I'm slowly learning a little bit German. I can't uh, can't speak it on the spot, but uh, I'm, I'm in the early levels. But definitely German is uh, another language that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best to learn. What I've noticed with German, it's a lot of yelling and a lot of... Spreken. Yeah. All of those things. I know one German word. Gesundheit. Ah, I thought it was going to be a different one. No. <laughs> I know, uh, Guten Morgen. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. One more beer? Something like that. Something went through those lines. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So, uh, I know, like, a lot of other, like, a lot of people have different stories how they got into real estate. Um, I mean, for me, I know you personally. So, I know you kind of got in through the title side, but, um, can you go more into depth how you got into it and what brought you to, uh, Opt? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's it comes down to a series of life events. Um, to backtrack a little bit uh, and tell you, you know, part of the story. I actually graduated uh, at Portland State University with a marketing degree, and I was working at a car shop at the time. I, I knew I wanted something different. I mean, I love working on cars. I love just be, being surrounded by the noises of you know exhausts and stuff like that. It's Teslas. It <laughs> right? <laughs> but uh, I, I found that more as a hobby, and I knew I wanted, you know, something different. So I left my job there to fully pursue uh, a career either in real estate or in the construction side of real estate. So I, I left my job at the car shop, probably spent, you know, a good month, month and a half uh, trying to find a, a position, at, you know, whether it's a real estate company or a construction company. So after multiple rounds of interviews, um, fortunately, you know, I didn't find anything. And, you know, unfortunately, I, I got COVID as well. Um, I lost like 20 pounds, was, uh, you know, in bed for like a good month. And just kind of give you perspective on like where my mindset was, you know. So I didn't move at all. Exactly. No, it was it was brutal. But again, I was very optimistic, uh, you know, I, and I still felt blessed because I know during those times, uh, you know, three, three, four years ago, you know, things were tough. But at the very least, you know, I, you know, I was in the hospital, uh, you know, I was I was OK. I knew I was going to be OK. So after I got better from COVID, you know, I went back to job searching and gosh, it was towards the end of summer. So, you know, job postings weren't, you know, they weren't hot. Um, so I spent another month, just multiple rounds of interviews with different companies, had the same luck until I decided to go through a staffing agency. And again, I went into an interview for a position in a, for a construction company, uh, office position. I can't remember what exactly what it was, but essentially I had the same luck where they told me, you know, unfortunately, you know, it was a tough decision. We went in a different candidate because they had more Excel experience. I think like two years more than I did or something like that. But, you know, I, I didn't feel too much down because it was kind of like a trend uh, in my life. It's like, okay, like, you know, one of these companies are going to give me a shot. Um, so, I, you know, they gave me a call back like 15 minutes later, said, hey, you know, we really loved the way you interviewed with us. Um, let me connect you with my manager. There's a different position open for, uh, you know, one of the top title companies in the area and you know sure enough I mean I was unemployed so I said yeah I'm free this evening or this afternoon whatever it was so I got a call from him they mentioned WFT title um, and he wanted me to meet with the with the VP 
uh, of WFG title here in the, in the area in Lake Oswego. So I did just that interviewed with her, but it wasn't more so like an interview. It was more so like getting to know me as a person. I mean, we, it wasn't uh, any interview questions and, you know, I, I got to know her. Um, but I didn't know what title Nestro necessarily was. Um, so a lot of people don't know <laughs> what I've noticed, like with my clients, so like, uh, what are they doing? Yeah, exactly. And unless you're in the industry and do multiple transactions or an investor, you don't necessarily know what title Nestro was. So that's kind of the position where I was. Um, so she had me meet with the, um, branch manager here at, uh, for, for the Lake Oswego office. And she kind of gave me a tour, gave me a rundown. And again, it wasn't necessarily an interview, but it was more so like them getting to know me. So, you know, I didn't have that necessarily with these other companies I previously interviewed with so that attracted me. So long story short, um, I took the position, not knowing what I was getting myself into and title and escrow, but, uh, I made very very good friends uh within the industry within that office as well um and i actually met with Prith Brom, who's also an agent and a principal broker with with opt currently he was a notary there and i made a very good impression with him um because of the way i spoke with with people and the customer service i provided and just the mindset that i had and i took my position very seriously i mean i was a reception slash admin so um that's pretty much the foundation that I set uh, and built, uh, and that's kind of my background. Sorry, and Stuart. her, right? Hear that? And that's how I met Drew. Yeah. So Rob and Zach uh, mentioned to Drew, um, Zach Bay, who's a title officer uh, with Stewart. Uh, you know, kind of put in a word for me with with Drew um, and connected me with Drew and Sean Mealy. So longtime agent, longtime uh, person in the industry as well. So connect with them and it was almost like an interview, but it wasn't. And what stuck to me with them, um, I mean, we, we, we talked about the opportunity of becoming, you know, a bilingual agent on, on our team opt, but what wanted me to, you know, work alongside, you know, Drew and opt was a question that he actually asked me is, you know, where do you see yourself five, 10, 30 years from now? So that stuck out with me and. I didn't know how to answer that question at the time, but just knowing that I'm, I'd be surrounded, um, with a lot of knowledge, a lot of wisdom made me want to become an agent more just from our conversation, uh, you know, over some cup of coffee. So that's kind of the story behind me becoming an agent. I didn't anticipate, you know, being in this position, but I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that, uh, you know, someone else had two years of Excel more than I did. Otherwise, I wouldn't be, you know, right in front of you guys. So, um, but yeah, it's crazy how life leads you into certain positions. And, you know, I'm forever grateful uh, to be here with you guys. Right. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. I mean, like, I'm glad you said what I'm saying. Like, there's so much support on our team. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. There's, oh gosh, how much, so much knowledge. I mean, there's so many different agents, so many different ways agents do stuff where it's like, hey, how do you do this? How do you make this? Yeah, no, and a lot of people with different backgrounds too. Um, you know, whether if it's sales or I think there's a um, part of our team comes from, you know, a gym, right? The gym background and also in the retail side. But, you know, you can definitely correlate certain practices in those industries into real estate as far as customer service goes. And I got the golfing background. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I understand. Speaking of uh, becoming a realtor, so um, 
you know, kind of a lot of our listeners may be in real estate or thinking about joining real estate. So maybe for somebody who is kind of on the fence about it or just kind of wondering what it's like to be a realtor, um, is it something you would recommend for somebody kind of interested? And if so, what are some of the, you know, good habits to get into or things to look out for? Yeah, I mean, if 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 you're someone who enjoys fast paced and constantly on their toes, uh, then this is a position for you. And also, you know, the flexibility. book. <laughs> I'll let you think that. Just very resourceful. <laughs> He's the brains. <laughs> I'm what looks at this podcast. It's true. I got a face for radio. Any user. Any user. Hi. Well, all right. Let's switch gears. Uh, I want to finish this question about getting into real estate. Oh, getting into real estate? Okay. Yeah. And, uh, whether people get into real estate. I think you're at, you had you were on the track somewhere. I thought it was going to be super useful for people. Yeah, I think whenever I have the conversation uh, with, you know, friends or acquaintances, whoever, I think one of the things that comes up with the most is why someone might want to go into real estate is because they think it's it's fun opening doors and looking at all these different houses at different price points. Say HGTV special. Exactly. That little sunset. It's nothing like that. I think that's only like 5% of the work. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was being generous at 5%. Yeah. So it's a, and that's, I'd probably say that's the fun part. The rest of it is, is tricky. You got to maneuver so many different obstacles during the, during the process. And it's, it's a very emotional process, uh, whether you're in the seller or buyer side. I mean, it's, 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 it's a lot of hard work. Um, I mean, would you agree with that? I mean, what are your thoughts, Adam? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I mean, you see everything on TV. It's just like, oh my God, this looks fun. This looks easy. But like having a different, difficult conversation with client, like, Hey, another offer came in. Okay, what do we do now? Like, you're giving them advice on that, okay? Or say you're doing the listing side, you have three offers come in. They're all pretty close, but like, how do you go with the right offer? Uh, there's a lot of behind scenes that I think that people don't know about. Um, I know personally, I've had one client, we closed, she goes, I didn't realize how much went into real estate <laughs> behind the scenes. I'm like, welcome. <laughs> She's like, I appreciate you being there. It's like, yeah. like, I agree with you. A thousand. I do that. Yeah, it's like one of those things that always looks looks easy until you try it, and then you're like, "Oh God, this is not as easy as it looks." <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, it's similar, you know, related industries on the lending side too. I mean, a lot of people see some lenders who, you know, very select few maybe make these big paychecks, or you know, there's a lot of kind of shininess that's that's into it, but they don't really see, you know, people. It's kind of like being on Instagram, you know. You see the shiny thing, the new car. Reality. Yeah, you're like, you're like, oh wow, that looks pretty easy. That's, you know, anybody could probably do that. And then when you try, you're like, oh wow, there's actually probably, you know, this is the tip of the iceberg. There's a lot below the surface that goes on. You, like, like you just said, reality. You see, you see the pretty stuff. Yeah. Like you see the closings. You see the. Yeah. I don't know how convincing this is for someone wanting to join the industry. Yeah, I mean, a phrase that I started telling myself too is, you don't, you don't need to know everything. Yeah, until you need to know everything. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you just gotta know where to go for uh, information. So, yeah, I kind of describe it as a high risk, high reward career, especially starting out. Yeah, I mean, that's the one thing I love about this business is you're continually learning. 
I don't know if that's just from the golf side of me, where it's like mm-hmm. every day is a new challenge, a new adventure. Yeah. Uh, you're gonna wait, you don't know what you're gonna get into that day, but you're gonna learn. You're gonna enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, Mindset's huge. I mean, I was talking with this uh, with my boss Jacob a little while ago about how a lot of um, a lot of the lenders he's worked with are loan officers in the past. The ones who do really well are a lot of them are former athletes because the mindset of being an athlete it translates to a lot to you know any sort of sales position where you're constantly you know either beating yourself up or getting beat up, but then you have a goal in mind that you set, and then you're you'll do pretty much everything it takes to accomplish that. And a lot of that's the same with, you know, any sort of sports person will realize that, you know, like, let's just say golf, for example, you know, let's just say Tiger Woods, you know, all the hours he spent hitting those shots on the range, probably in the rain and the dark by himself. And, um, you've seen that commercial where he's he's pouring down rain and he has a couch and TV on and he's outside grinding. Right. Like, yeah. But yeah, I guess I I wanted to switch gears a little bit just to talk about something a little bit different, not real estate related. Um, So how do you feel about the Blazers this year? You're a big basketball guy. Yeah. I am a big basketball guy. It's it's almost unhealthy to be honest with you. Um, I put a lot of stress on myself. I'm watching these games when it's really not that deep, right? (laughs) The sun will shine the next day, but... They're very, very young team. They like any scoop? Yeah, I mean, he's 19 years old. Gosh, when I was 19, I was, you know, going to community college, right? So putting that into perspective, um, yes, he was a top pick. But at the end of the day, like, this guy's still a teenager in a league full of, you know, grown men mm-hmm. that, you know, are playing for their next contract. So when you put that into perspective, it's going to take time. But uh, I, I really like their team. I just hope that they, um, you know, stay healthy. There's been a lot of injuries early in the season. But, uh, you know, I'm excited next. Probably three years from now is what I'm excited for because, you know, that's how long it typically takes for, like, an NBA player to develop, know how to adjust to the verbiage. Mm-hmm. It's a whole completely ball game, a completely different ball game from college to uh, the, the pros. Uh, and playing college. Exactly. No, he didn't. Uh, he went to, you know, the I think it's called the G League now. Was it the yeah. G League or was it the... Uh, it was G League. The ball league, whatever they call it. The, basically, the, the, D, ball. Yeah, the, the D League, the development league. But I think they went away from that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it was G League. Fact. Yeah, look it up. But I mean, no, he's, he's 19 years old. I think his potential's still there. I mean, his first game... He did horrible. Um, he caught the ball in the fifth and three seconds. He turned it over. Mm-hmm. You can tell he's nervous. Um, but he was going up against Hall of Fame basketball players sure. like Russell Westbrook, yeah, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, LeBron James. But uh, I mean, I know I'm excited. I'm excited. Not this year, but in three years from now, we should be good. We yeah. look a lot like OKC a couple years ago. Oh yeah, absolutely. I watched it all, but like OKC three years ago was. We build, and now they're in a scandal. They're doing pretty well. Yeah. So are there any parallels between the Blazers and the Portland real estate market? You know, the parallels, that's a good question. I I, I, I wouldn't know how to answer that, to be honest with you. Because I feel like the Portland real estate market, just the general vibe of things is, it you know, obviously super hot, 
couple years ago, kind of slowed down. We had a little rebuild, you know, after COVID. This last year has been arguably kind of a rebuilding kind of year for a lot of people. Like for my company, for example, a lot of downsizing, a lot of new structures in place, you know, some new clientele, plenty of talent still left. But, you know, we're definitely looking forward to, you know, rates going, you know, lower in the future will help us kind of get that volume back. Good. Like the Blazers. Good news that Ada has raised December 13th. It's true. They're, they're coming down. They're going down. Fed announced they're not going to do any more hikes in 2024, which is fantastic news because refinances in the past year have been all but non-existent, which is, it's kind of like not having any listings for, uh, or have, you know, not being, having any buyer's agents for a realtor, you know, half of your business is essentially not there. Right. I'm still stuck on that question you just asked him. <laughs> that was... That was deep. Like, I think, it, like, for me, it's like the market, yeah, it's slow, but like you said, it's, this is a rebuild. This is shown to use the strong and weak in real estate, I think. Right. Next couple of years, we'll see. We'll, we'll go back to Scoot Anderson with him learning. Like, mm-hmm. I think this market's going to help realtors learn how yeah. to do better. And then, like, in the next three years, it's like, I was in here during the 2023 right. little hike of interest yeah. rates. Now I'm like, what do you mean now? Yeah. Yeah, no, and to kind of bounce off your idea, um, I think realtors really had to double down on their knowledge. I think their branding too um, as as an agent. So, you know, it was, it's was it been a tough market, particularly newer agents too, uh, because the way I experienced the change was like a, like a light switch. I mean, I remember attending, excuse me, hosting an open house one week and then two weeks attending another one or excuse me, hosting another one. And there's just like 30 people coming into that open house. And the next one, there's probably like five. So there, it was a dramatic change in my eyes. Yeah. I mean, the past month, because I'll do the brokers opens and, you know, that kind of thing with, with Sean, immediately over Chow Sean. And, uh, he was just saying that the number of brokers opens they're having in the past couple of weeks have been pretty slim. But then over the weekend, I went to one over in um, in Northeast Portland, and uh, I went with uh, a friend, Felicia. And, um, that was a cool list. Cool listing, for sure. And there were a ton of people there. So I don't know if people are kind of just starting to come back around and after, you know, taking a few months off of, you know, high rates, let's just look in a few, you know, a little while. But it does seem like there's some traction starting to be you gathered, especially, I mean, I'm sure over the holidays it might die down, but I mean, it might not. Maybe people have some more time when they're sitting at home to look at, you know, more listings. So, yeah. I mean, I've like this weekend, I think, hopefully, maybe Monday, I've got a listing coming out, like, right. listing and an offer. Like, I, I, and the market's not like 2020 where it was like, <laughs> yeah. Now it's like, here's one year, here's one year. Yeah. Well, 2020 arguably was kind of an unhealthy market. I mean, everyone was, you know, 10 offers on the same house. You have to bid over by 100K and that kind of thing. Air imprints. Right. No way of inspection. Yeah. Please don't wait for inspections, people. Yeah. I mean, and what's interesting too is uh, some of these houses that were bought in 2020, I don't know if you ever do this, but anytime you get a, a, a buyer uh, inquiry, we're like, hey, what do you think of this home? And you look at the history of the prices. I mean, they bought like in 2020. And then you see the price that they have today. I mean, the appreciation is just... It's just crazy. Mm. So yeah, last, let's say 2023 was the year of 
two obstacles, two main obstacles for like, let's say first time home buyers, for example, you had higher rates driving up their monthly payments and you had a low inventory. So looking ahead, we kind of have one of those issues that's moderating the, I mean, the rates going down a little bit that should help. So seeing as the inventory still isn't increasing as quickly as it should, what do you think, what do you tell a first time home buyer who's like, well, you know, maybe I have an objection of like, well, I don't think there's that many houses out there. What do you say to them? Yeah, no, it's an interesting question because I think, you know, particularly first time home buyers tend to be on the younger end, at least from my experience. And most of the information that I believe where they, where they get their information, I believe is through social media. I think there's a misconception where, you know, these influencers or these agents on, you know, Instagram or TikTok say it's a great time to buy. Well, the same things being said, you know, two, three years ago. So I think it's a deeper conversation to be had about it's a great time to buy in this particular market is if the home has been sitting on the market, um, chances are that the seller is willing to cover X amount of closing costs or slash down payment or, or give some kind of credit. Um, and, you know, it's a great time to buy if you're willing to make that, you know, few years of sacrifice of having a higher, um, you know, monthly mortgage payment um, and refinance, you know, in the coming coming years. So, I mean, that's kind of how, how the conversation has been with me and my first time home buyers. I think I have, you know, a, a decent size in my opinion. Um, so it's just really doubling down on accurate information and what uh, best fits their needs um, and their future mm -hmm. and their timeline, of course. Eight, three, married the all. That's the uh, million dollar saying in that industry. There's six left. Um, well, we can kind of touch on that basketball. It kind of leads to our next question. Um, how do you balance work and like personal life? Yeah, I mean, the way I introduced myself, um, I mean, it's when you're single and have no kids, I mean, you're single. Yeah, some simply <laughs> looking at a 72 miles old. Ladies, come on, get it together. <laughs> this is also a dating part, <laughs> right? <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, I've always, I've always been an on the go person pretty much where, um, you know, I'm just constantly working. I have constantly, like, always like to say I have 20 tabs open in my mind at all times. Um, so work-life balance, you know, doesn't necessarily exist. I don't view myself having one for the reason that, uh, you know, I'm hungry. I'm, I'm determined to gain more market share particularly in tough times like this. So doubling down on, you know, networking, uh, spending time, meeting one-on-one -on -one with, um, you know, other agents, other people in the industry, you know, escrow officers. So um, I'm, I think it all comes down just to being organized and using calendar. I mean, you and I had a little conversation where you invited me to basketball last week, but I completely blanked out about it. And I just said, hey, just send me an invite and send me a calendar invite and it's actually videos of me swatting down and it's actually interesting um it's an ongoing joke my friends has ca have caught on to that and um they always let me know i was like hey can you can you make room for me in your calendar so we can go out and like get some buffalo wild wings or something like that on a thursday night at 9 p.m so <laughs> no i just beat up beat up 9 p.m beat dubs. oh it's the best yeah i messed up 
Bye bye, Tommy. Yeah. That leads to actually got two more questions. Yeah, well, a more. I got a couple more. Yeah. Let's you know, the topic of restaurants. Uh what's your go to in uh in Camby? Best restaurant in Cam Camby. Let's shout them out. You know, I I actually outsource. I don't eat too much in Camby. There's that sandwich shop, dude. That sandwich shop's so good. I want to dump out. Yeah, we work sandwich burger place. So there actually is a Wayward Sandwich, and there's actually Wayward uh, Smash Burger. Smash Burger is a different place now. Oh, it's, I think it's a, just a truck. That, Dude, that Smash Burger place slaps. Oh, my God. I'm so good. Let's go. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, no restaurant particular. I think the closest one that I, that I tend to go to is Popeye's in Aurora. Um, I'm a big Popeye's guy, even though it's very unhealthy. There's some Popeye's in Aurora. <laughs> Yeah, it's off of Maxit. <laughs> Do you like Popeyes? Is this a good thing or a bad thing? Popeyes from Louisiana. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's the only one, one Popeyes we know is over in like, uh, uh, it's like Clackamas area. Mm. Yeah, there's one in the uh, Clackamas type, uh, town center. Town center, yeah. Now that they're one close by, <laughs> you different niche. You agree, my. I know. Yeah, you're an Adam's day. Next guy. Plus <laughs> chicken sandwich, side of mac and cheese, Diet Coke. Oof. You know, strike me the thing, poor guy. Well, actually it wasn't. Sean Mealy is the person that got me into Diet Coke. Um, I started watching what I would eat. I started being a little bit more healthy this year. Um, I'm really into carbonated drinks, but, uh, you know, I had to switch from Coke to uh, Diet Coke. Mm. I'm zero. Are you? That's gonna be my next drink, I guess. <laughs> do you set? Uh, did you do your business planning for 2024? Have you done that yet? I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. How'd it go? You know, I think it's it's just a matter of branding myself. Um, just the conversations that I've had with with close friends is you know, outside of you know, closing the closing date. What what else goes into? Yeah. Um, goes into you know the real estate process yeah the close friends conversation is always interesting because sometimes i mean we've had this chat before i mean a lot of we do business with our friends sometimes but occasionally you'll have you know sometimes you have friends who really want to support you and they're like yeah of course we're going to go with you but then of course you have other friends who are like well this is a big deal i'm actually not so sure i want to work with such a close friend just in case something happens and my usually response to that is well do you want a stranger looking after you, or do you want one of your close friends looking after you? Oh, yeah. actually cares about you. I can say it any better. Yeah. Um, it's always an interesting one. So one of our go-to questions on this show that I screwed up now four times. times. <laughs> Couple of them. Jamal's makes fun of me. I pay for it. <laughs> what is your drink of choice? Alcohol. Drink of choice. Alcohol. Oh, alcohol. Right. That's really funny. <laughs> you know, it's funny. We actually went wine drinking. Um, gosh, I think last week, wasn't it? Wine tasting. Wine tasting, yeah. You got wine listeners to this, and then you're going to be mad at you saying wine drinking. You also asked for a Corona. Right? It is. <laughs> so, I'll first. Yeah, Corona. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure it was a first. <laughs> Our lovely, uh, she looked at you like, get out. <laughs> Regardless where I'm at, I always ask for Corona. Uh, so that's. Yes, always. 
Um, either that, or if they don't have Corona, uh, a Mexican lager. Mexican lager. Okay. What about cocktail? Not much of a cocktail drink. Okay. So if a nice lady sees you down at the bar and Corona and lime, that's the way to go. That's the way to Omar's heart. It's just me being genuine. There you go. I'll get a Corona. Corona. Nice. I've got a buddy that he only drinks Coors Light. That's it. That's it. I like Coors Light, go. but I also like other stuff. You don't like dates before, and it's like, I get a Coors Light. And, 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 and I talked to his date. That was a from family friend. She's like, he got a Coors Light. Well, to me, tell you the truth, the first date. first date or day hitting out with uh, my now wife, she shotgunned an IPA. <laughs> <laughs> no way. She was the one. I was like, yeah, all right. This <laughs> girl can hang. <laughs> yeah. An IPA. An IPA. We were playing some drinking games. Uh, for some reason, we got into some, I think I lost or something, and I we had a shotgun bet going. She beat She She says she beat me. I don't think she beat me. She might be in. That's a girl can shotgun an IPA. Yeah. I don't, I, it was her first time, like, Anybody. ever, I think, shotgunning, like, anything, too. <laughs> is, it still, is it still a conversation to this day? Oh, for sure. She brings it up all the time. Was that discussed at your wedding? Uh, yeah, definitely was. <laughs> Actually, speaking, congrats to, uh, since our last episode, Jamal went and got married. Sure did. To a IPA shotgun girl, <laughs> which is impressive. And, you know, off the market. What the? How? Do you hear that? I did again. Beat buzzing. Why? I think so. Yeah. No way. An IP. Yeah. It was uh, pretty legendary. Just a little bit. Do you, we want to ask the last question? Yeah. Let's hear it. The hardest one yet. What advice would you give to the first time Omar? What I would say to a first-time home buyer is ask as many questions as you can, as early as you can. Even if you're thinking about buying a home, understand what your timeline is because typically, traditionally, the home buying process uh, is not a, you know, quick and easy thing, right? So traditionally, a from from start to finish, um, you know, being in a contract to the, the close of the home takes 30 days. Well, you don't know when you're actually going to find the home that you, you know, that crosses off all the checklists, uh, that you may have. So that may, so just a home search alone may take, you know, two, two, three months. Right. Um, so even before you want to get that process started, you also have to understand certain verbiage, certain language, and then also certain expectations to be set up front. So I think the biggest thing is just, you know, if, if you're just curious uh, or if you have any questions or have heard of certain things. Is it still recording? Yeah. Yeah. Can you hear it? No, I can't hear it anymore. Oh, there you go. Can you hear it? No, it's just right here. You can't hear it now. I was trying to see if that would turn you down with the buzzing. Oh, okay. But yeah. It's worse. It's some electrical thing. Anyways. Yeah, that's great answer. I mean, I think that was really well put. If you had some sort of like action, actionable items for, let's say, somebody... Uh, first-time home buyer who wants to get in the market, let's say 2024, what kind of action items would you give them? Reach out to a lender. Reach out to uh, an agent like ourselves. Got them all. <laughs> yes. Shameless plug. 10 out of 10. Right. What would highly recommend? Um, because it takes a while. 
you, you really have to double down on your finances, what you're looking for in the area that you're interested in. Mm-hmm. It's not just a, you know, it happens overnight kind of thing. No, it, it takes, it takes time. Yeah. Um, and taking the time to actually understand the process early on, you know, even a year from when you're thinking of moving is going to go a long way. Yep. Can't agree more. There's so many conversations I have with a lot of first time home buyers and talk to maybe somebody who went through like a zero down program or get down payment assistance who don't realize exactly what goes into down payment assistance and why, even though it may be a good idea, you know, it can get you in the house. Like if you don't have any money to put down, then if you look long-term, then maybe you can't refinance, you know, that the terms of that down payment assistance program may be less beneficial than if you're able to save for a couple months and put your own money down, that kind of thing. Uh, everyone's situation is different. Obviously it works in some cases, but in some cases it's better to save. Yeah, absolutely. All in all, it, it just takes time. Yeah, I agree. I got a surprise for you. I actually have a question for you. Possibly huge I like that. But what type of music do you listen to on the way to your, whether it's, you know, listing appointments or in a, you know, getting yourself, getting yourself hyped up to meet a new client? That's a great question. Music and me are weird. I, depending on where I'm going, actually. Like, or not where I'm going, what I'm doing. Like, if I go to a listing appointment, that was the podcast. Okay. <laughs> Golf related. Mm-hmm. I'm really a hockey right now, so a lot of channel talk. Yeah. Chen plays. Ah, I'm going to the gym. the Dave Dalla. Nice. <laughs> Dave Dalla. Hi. Miss you, Dame. I don't know why. Yeah. It. I like it. That's not what I would have expected. Mm-hmm. For me. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I would have thought you were like, I don't know, Hootie and the Blowfish or something like that. Yeah, it totally depends. I feel like mine would be like gym. If I'm running, usually like it's like, I don't know, it's usually some sort of like heavy metal EDM. If I'm okay, yeah, that's fair enough. That's probably oh, oh, for sure. Yeah, I was a metalhead growing up. That was like my favorite ACDC, Metallica. I mean, I wouldn't say heavy metal, but it was like Metallica's metal, old school rock stuff. I always enjoyed that. I mean, there's ACDC's borderline. Um, either way, I like rock and roll, and that like I feel like there's a similar vibe between metal and heavy dubstep. Yeah. Um, Especially like the live shows, those are pretty fun. Um, we went to, I think I told you we was at All J concert last week. Oh, yeah, that's not heavy metal EDM. It, yeah, it wasn't, but like, it was very different. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I'm like, if it's a really long run, I'll listen to like a live set, you know, of like, I don't know, I don't know if you've heard of Sullivan King or anything like that. Um, probably not. Anyways, if it's, if I'm going to like a work or an appointment or something like that, definitely podcasts. Okay. All about podcasts. I know this on music in the morning. Hmm. After the gym, I, I just think has to be. Yeah. I can't take that back. This is 
really weird. Really. So when I write an offer, I always put the goofy movies, goofy movie music soundtrack. Oh, nice. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta accept my offer dance. Except it kind of looks like the Carlton. You get down, huh? Get down. I don't know, actually. I don't know why, but like, the first thing that came to mind was like the Make Me House Playhouse, the hot dog song. Hmm. Nice. See, that's what I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Completely opposite from, yeah, from either. From oh, mine's a, mine. if I'm just lifting, I'll go Action Bronson. I don't know if you know Action Bronson. Uh, yeah, this is going to be an explicit podcast if you put on Action Bronson. <laughs> Very different. Well, that's a good song. Yeah. He's a Brooklyn guy. He also has a show called Fuck That's Delicious. It's going to be explicit now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it is a great show where he goes around all sorts of countries and he, like, he's usually pretty high. And so he does this thing where, like, he'll pair, like, weed and, like, a natural wine. And, you know, I, like, and it's so funny. He goes has this episode of France where he goes to like beautiful winery, like out in the middle of this gorgeous wine country, and him and his buddies just get hammered and they're so drunk and like <laughs> just like goofing off. Like, and they're just like lighting up joints in the middle of like the restaurant, and all these French people are like looking around, but they're having these like just extremely like exquisite meals, like five course you know <laughs> it's the fucking it's the best show ever i'll let that show <laughs> i'm not sure what you don't have a show i do now oh you do now yeah yeah it's a great watch would highly recommend y'all i was gonna say it's a very diverse music selection at this table we did we ask you what you listen to sorry oh no so oh i jamal sometimes listen <laughs> no, I I think I listen to more. I think R and B. Um, I was gonna say Airbnb, but no. Uh, no, I've been I've been listening to a lot more like Break Days. I think that's how you say his name. Hmm. Uh, and also, you know, more upbeat music like Mexican music, like Fuerza Regida. Um, oh, that kind of music. All right. No, yeah, it really gets me hyped up. So. As a kind of, as a, those are my music selection. We should listen to them. Give them a listen. Oh. Well, plug them in the pod. Well, Omar, that was all. I appreciate you coming on here. I really appreciate you to me. You become a friend. I like hanging out. Yeah, so. It's, it's, a, it's a good time. It's, a it's definitely a good time. Ladies, he's single. Ready to mingle. Ready to mingle. Dos Coronas, por favor. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. And uh, I think we can cut it. Peace. Peace.